Welcome. You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. And today we're going to take a look at the question, can I be racist trying not to be racist? (laughs) I know, kind of a weird question, but uh, maybe even put it a different way, can I be awkward trying not to be awkward? (laughs) Have, Have you ever gone to a party and you may not know very many people at this party and you think to yourself, I am not going to be awkward. I am not going to be awkward. And you spend your time all concerned about not being awkward and you end up being awkward. <laughs> um, so, you know, m- maybe a better question. If a policy benefits or detracts from a person based solely on the color of their skin, then is it a racist policy? You see, can I be a racist trying not to be racist. So let's dig into this. And and the first thing we need to do here today is we need to look at a couple things uh, that we see in today's culture. Number one, there is a philosophy uh, called the uh, equality of outcome. Equality of outcome. The outcome of something that has to be equal amongst all categories of people. So everything has to be exactly equal amongst everybody in all categories, including race. Um, we see this pop up in, in our um, society today when it comes to things like uh, education test scores. I had a conversation myself with the head of, of a university, and this uh, individual uh, talked to me about the SAT scores and how they were racist and how they had hoped that this uh, type of system, the SATs and others, uh, would be done away with because of the fact that they were inherently racist. Um, be, the, the proof given was that black students uh, performed uh, at a lower level on SAT scores. So the fact that, and here is the proof, the fact that there was inequity of outcome when it came to uh, these test scores of, of black students meant that the SAT scores were racist. And that was the proof. Um, they, they went on to say how poverty, um, the poverty numbers of blacks are lower, and, um, and the, or actually the poverty uh, numbers are higher amongst blacks, so their income is lower and, uh, when, in, when compared to whites. And so uh, when you look at SAT questions, they're probably more geared toward a higher uh, income level. And so obviously that's again proof that the SAT uh, questions are racist in nature. Um, And so this is what I'm talking about when it comes to equality of outcome. Whatever the outcome, whatever we see, that is proof of something. That everything, if it's not equal, then there is some sort of racism or something there that is making that, um, that's that's not good. We need to equalize everything. Uh, Now, if this is the case, I would submit that if equality of outcome is real then is abortion racist? (laughs) Think about this for a second. A third of all abortions in the United States are from white mothers. Blacks make up the highest percentage of abortions. So, if equality of outcome is proof, then that would prove that abortions and Planned Parenthood uh, is racist because there is not an equal number of individuals getting abortions. And when you even factor in the fact that 
um, that blacks make up a lower percentage of the total people in this country, that makes it even worse. So should we defund Planned Parenthood because of equality of outcome? Um, let's take a look at another uh, uh, syst- systemic racism uh, or uh, many uh, call it institutional racism is something that people are very concerned about in this country. Uh, a political or economic system that creates advantages for one race and disadvantages another. So that's the definition of systemic racism. Uh, you see, if there is a difference of outcome between races in any way, then that is proof that there is systemic racism, is what is said. Uh, because of laws and policies of the past, blacks today have an unfair equality of outcome. So, because of things in the past, what, let's, let's, take, let's take slavery, for instance. Because of slavery laws, uh, maybe redlining, uh, Jim Crow laws, whatever, whatever the case may be, if there were policies or, uh, in the past that, uh, that affected those uh, of the past, then that affects those today and in the future. Well, let's take a look. Uh, another one, microaggressions. Now, what does microaggressions mean? Now, microaggressions is indirect or subtle or, um, uh, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group. So indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group. Uh, we see this uh, even today. Uh, uh, not too long ago, the University of California came out with an official statement. And in the statement, it said, quote, if you say there is only one race, the human race, that's called racist, unquote. That is their official policy, that you cannot say that there's only one race, the human race. Because if you say that, you are racist. That is proof that you are a racist. Uh, When someone says, I don't see color. That means that they are trying to assimilate minorities into a dominant culture. So in other words, if I say, I don't see color, I just see people. I see the character of someone. Uh, Martin Luther King uh, <laughs> would be considered a racist today, uh, you know, uh, uh, where he dreamed of uh, a country that um, would not see color, would just see the character of someone. Uh, well, if you say that today then that means that you are trying to do away with blackness or uh, some, some culture. You are trying to, you, you are uh, anti-segregation. <laughs> um, if a black person gets followed in a store, and I've, I've, been, I've talked with several individuals uh, that, that make this very statement. Uh, if a black person gets followed in a store and is pulled, or maybe even pulled over by the police, um, then then the officer is whether whether he's doing this consciously or unconsciously, he's he's pulling that black person over out of racism caused by microaggressions. You see, he he saw this person was a black person. He pulled him over because he he is. He is he is inherently racist, whether he knows it or not, and if and and particularly if he says he's not, and if he, if, he, if if he believes that he's not, that's definite proof that he's racist, and he doesn't he doesn't even know he's racist at that point. He's just simply doing this out of microaggressions. Um, 
I went on to the National Museum of African American History and Culture, and uh, some of this is still up there. Some of this they pulled down, actually. I, uh, I, I tried to go back to it, and some of this they, they have pulled it down. But, um, but I went on to that National Museum of African American History and Culture website, and I read an article um, entitled, Talking About Race. And on this uh, website, it said that, now, now get this, logic, nuclear family, and hard work are specific to white culture. Let me repeat that. Logic, nuclear family, and hard work are specific to white culture. So if I am a black person, let's say, I don't want to be part of white culture. I want to be part of my culture, the black culture. Then I need to not worry about the nuclear family, hard work, logic. Those are things I don't want to concern myself with because that's part of white culture. It also said that white culture embraces, again, get this, white culture embraces respect for authority, delayed gratification, self-reliance, independence, and autonomy, the value of property rights and ownership, progress, planning for the future, politeness, decision-making, and more. These were just some of the things that were on there. Now, <laughs> now I can make a... I can, show you in the Bible where almost every single one of those things that I just said are godly things. These are things that we need uh, to have in order to demonstrate good character. And good character is something that we need to be striving for every day of our life. We need, we need to uh, see, try to improve our character from where we're at. We need to uh, be better people. We need to do that through the Holy Spirit and, and, and Christ and, uh, and, and allow him to guide us in how we are to grow uh, spiritually, emotionally. All of these things uh, come into play when we, and, and I'm going to read this again, because I think this is, uh, this is you could almost use the word abomination here. Th- these are anti-biblical things. It said that white culture emphasizes respect for authority, delayed gratification, self-reliance, independence and autonomy, the value of property rights and ownership, progress, planning for the future, politeness, decision-making, and even more than that. You see, these are things that, according to the National Museum of African American History and Culture, that if you're black, you probably shouldn't want to have anything to do with because that is a part of white culture, not your culture. You see, the proof that is offered to show that systemic racism exists is that statistics can be shown that there is not an equality of outcome in certain areas. So, if you take a look at what the black community is going through. You can say that, according to, according to many, 
you can say that this this shows racism in this country. This this shows systemic racism that that blacks have to go through certain things. That they are that that we, we can take a look at, at at a police officer, let's say, that shoots a black man, and uh, and and that, that black man may be even unarmed, and so that is proof that we have systemic racism in this country today. So blacks are more likely to be profiled by police is is what they're saying basically, and that that equals racism. But if you take a look at at, at statistics. You can take you can see that that young black men are 36 times more likely to commit suicide. That they commit 50% of all homicides. And they commit 60% of violent robberies. So if you look at the number of black men in percentage of the population, those numbers are staggering. More blacks are under the poverty line than other races. That's what they'll say. More blacks are under the poverty line than other races. But yet we see in this country, the median household income for black Americans is nearly $60,000 a year, more than anywhere else in the world. You see, they'll say, well, but wait, blacks were held back because of slavery and, and, and the black community was held back because of of the Jim Crow laws or redlining or whatever the case may be. And so today we don't have an equal or fair society or system in this country and and thus they don't have the, the same opportunities. But if this is true, then wouldn't we see that amongst the Asian community? Then you say, well, well, how, Doug? I mean, okay, take a look at World War II, okay? We, in this country, uh, had a very black spot on our history you know, during World War II. And what we did was under FDR, um, the president at the time, he set up prison camps for Japanese Americans. Yes, Japanese Americans. These were people who, are, who were citizens, and, uh, but what yet had a Japanese heritage. And he set up pr- prison camps. For them during World War II, because they they were very afraid that uh, that these Japanese Americans would help the Japanese during during World War II. And yet, if you look at those at, at that community, at the Asian community today, which again, remember, I mean, World War II happened not that long ago, you know, in perspective, nineteen forty three, forty four, and yet. The Asian community today has the highest income in the U.S. today. They, as a race, they have the highest income of any race in the United States today. But how how could that be? Didn't didn't they take away their property? I mean, they owned property, and that property was taken away, and they were put into prison camps. And yet today, not that much later, suddenly they are the highest income race in America. So why are the black why is the black community not the highest if that would be the case? You see, maybe there's a different explanation. Maybe it doesn't show racism. When you take a look at the black community and you take a look at some of the struggles that they're having, 
Maybe there's a different answer for that. You see, the Brookings Institute did a study and they showed that only 2% of Americans, now this is all races, okay? 2% of Americans live under the poverty line if they do three things, okay? So if you do three things, only 2% of the people who do these three things will live in poverty. What are those three things? Well, they are graduate high school, okay, check. Don't get pregnant before getting married, okay, check. And get a job, okay? Those are the three things. Graduate high school, don't get pregnant before you get married, and get a job. If you do those three things, 2% of Americans live under the poverty line. 98% do not live in poverty. So that that makes us uh, look at this. As Christians, we never want to be seen as racist. So many try hard to show how they're not. You see, we don't want, as Christians in particular, because we know racism is wrong. And it's morally wrong. We don't want to be seen as racist. So we, we, we are very susceptible to guilt. We are guilted into agreeing with those that have an agenda selling racism. And I would say even in particular, young white women are taken advantage of in many ways because they are very easily guilted. And so those that sell racism know that and they have targeted them. And they have really done a, a pretty good job in, in, in recent years of guilting uh, Christians and others into agreeing with them and their agenda. You see, we can, be, we can agree that minorities cannot be racist themselves, right? You know, on, only white people can be racist. And yet, we see the exact opposite in many ways. You see, we can even be um, uh, guilted into supporting racist policies, policies that are blatantly racist, but we agree with them because we're trying to equalize the scales. If a policy benefits or detracts from a person based solely on the color of their skin, it is a racist policy. If you have a policy that says that this benefits someone or this detracts from someone. You you can't do this because solely based on the color of your skin, that is really the definition of a racist policy. Many policies today, whether they, they it can be from a government or a private uh, organization, they benefit one particular race based solely on the color of their skin. Affirmative action policies. And you may say, well, what, what are those? Well, those are, those are outreach campaigns. They're, they're, they're targeted recruitment. Employee management development. Employee support programs are examples. They're, these are all examples of affirmative action in employment. Government programs that are awarded only to minority-owned businesses. These are racist policies. Uh, there, 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 is, there was a lawsuit here just a week or two ago in Oregon where a logging company sued the state of Oregon because the state of Oregon has set up a program where only black black owned businesses can get assistance because of COVID. And so 
they're the only ones eligible. And there's millions of dollars in this fund. So this, this logging company sued and the judge threw it out of court saying, well, you haven't been harmed. And yet the logging company is saying, wait a minute, we're being harmed by COVID and by all, all the things that, that are going on here. And yet we cannot even be considered for part of those funds because of the color of the skin of the owner of the company. That is a racist policy. What about Lowe's? Everybody probably has a Lowe's store near them. Black-owned business grants by Lowe's. They were set up. They were even advertised. Hey, hey, look at us. We have black-owned grants, black-owned business grants. So if you are a black-owned business and a black-owned business only, so based on the color of your skin, we will give you money. Uber Eats, same thing. They have a policy that if you are a black-owned business, that you will not be charged a fee for delivery of your food. Again, based on the color of your skin. So how can you tell if a policy is racist? Well, you know what? It's really simple. You replace black with white. So if you're Uber Eats, let's say, and you say, you know what? If you're a white-owned business, we are not going to charge you a fee. If you're Lowe's, hey, we have grants. We have business grants. We're going to give you free money if you're a white-owned business. If you can replace white with black and it's okay, then good. You're good to go. But if you can't, if it sounds racist, if that's a racist policy, just the other night, the NFL, National Football League, had a game where they had every single one of their uh, umpires and the referees, every single one was a black person. And it was done on purpose, and it was advertised, and it was celebrated. Hey, we have the first black referee team. Now, is that racist? Yes, because it was based on solely on the color of their skin. That is definition. That is the definition of racism. You see, are are these really racist policies, or are they just balancing the scales, Doug? How how do how do you balance scales? How do you balance the scales? If, if, if let's just say, because is there racism in this country? Yes, there there is racism in this country. You can go back. We we just did a podcast on this. Yes, there is racism in this in this country. If you are, um, if if there is racist policies, if somebody has been been um, has come under the effect of that, how do you how do you balance the scales? Is it okay to be racist if you're fighting racism? You see, I've I've heard this a lot that it's okay for me to support these policies. It's okay for me to base my decisions or benefits based solely on the color of someone's skin. It's okay to do that because there's racism in this country. So is it okay to be racist if you're fighting racism? Is the, does the ends justify the means? Do two wrongs make a right? So I, I ask you the question, can I be racist trying not to be racist? And I would submit that the answer to that is yes. That so many times we see individuals who literally are racist themselves, 
They're supporting racist policies, and they're de- and they're and they're de- doing it out of guilt, oftentimes. But they are racist in trying to show everybody that they are not racist, and yet they do the very thing that they're trying not to do. They are being awkward, trying not to be awkward. And let's pick up from here next time. Let's see if, uh, as a Christian, should we be supporting Black Lives Matter? Um, because again, it is it is a, a, a staple of Christianity to not support racism. And so how can we come against things that are bad and sinful? How can we work toward those things um, and yet not do the very thing that we're trying not to do? And if you uh, have any comments, if you have any questions, if uh, you, you may you may think I'm totally uh, wet on all of this, and I I want to hear from you. I want I want to hear what you have to say, and you can do that by emailing me. And that email address is for uncommon sense at gmail.com. That's for f o r uncommon sense at gmail.com. And thank you very much for listening. Look forward to next time.